0: being human do you ever wonder what makes us who we are our habits preferences or where we came from we are expressing ourselves in thousands of ways every day through our choices let's have a conversation with people who are having interesting lives my name is Alan Walker I'm a doctor of chiropractic and a human being thank you for joining us for the tenth uh, the tenth uh, podcast on being human. Today, we've got a great friend of mine, um, Paul Miller. Paul is a chiropractor for of 25 years. And Paul has been my mentor, um, even during while I was actually at university, and still is my mentor today. Uh, so Paul, uh, welcome to be, uh, being human. And um, I'm hoping today you'll have an opportunity to talk to us about lots of different things, including nutri- nutrition, health, and most importantly, about why you um chose to actually become a chiropractor
1: alan it's lovely to be here and good to see you looking so well and loving the glasses oh yeah
0: yeah i'm not loving the glasses
1: we need the bates method don't we yes
0: i didn't even ask too much about that the bates method for eyesight improvement oh is it could you just explain a bit about this
1: well from what i understand um there was a guy in the 1890s in new york who a guy by the name of bates um synonymous i think with um with glasses anyway um i think bates opticians and um he found that he could um improve eyesight by a certain training regime that includes things like palming and um uh, long swinging and um sunning and all these all these different things that um sound a bit wacky but I've seen countless testimonials um from people who quite you know literally claim to sort of have thrown away their glasses so um i think joe uh, joe, uh, joe mccola is one of them dr joe mccola and he he swears by it so i i guess it must be true so is this something you
0: can look at you know the, the, anyone listening could actually look at on the internet and, and find oh, more
1: information on this absolutely i mean there's, there's been books written on it there's um um i can't remember there's a guy um john i can't, uh, can't think of it. there's an american chiropractor who does a podcast and he speaks except john bergman that's it and he speaks extensively okay. about it yeah so um i think it's for real Paul, do you
0: a good way to start off is just a little little bit really explain about yourself about where, where you've
1: where you're sort of born and bred listen uh you can ask whatever you like um so basically a dorset boy born and bred and um Grew up in lovely dorset very rural and um just i suppose an, an average upbringing you know um nothing in particular about it but um through school i was a little bit of a rebel didn't really find school particularly interesting um i found uh, most of the lessons fairly pointless because i couldn't see a practical application for them um with someone like me i have to see an application um, for whatever I'm learning because if it doesn't have a real world application I just switch off and that's pretty much what happened but if you put me in the in the metalwork room or the woodwork room I was happy because I was making stuff and it all made sense so academically didn't excel and um consequently got out into the real world and um got it first thing I ever did was actually was an engineering apprenticeship and um that was really great because i loved it because i loved machining they would give me drawings and i would make whatever was was asked of me and i was very happy but unfortunately the company went bust and along with it my engineering apprenticeship so for a number of years i just floated around uh ski bum (laughs) that was interesting being a ski bum and um just really um searching for something in life and What happened then is i went to uh, i got an opportunity to go to south africa and it's quite a long story so i won't go into all the nitty-gritty of why i was there and how i got there but what i found when i got there was that um south africans have two rules in life one is you work hard and the second one is you play hard and i didn't i knew the second one but i didn't know the first one very well so i had to learn to work hard and because that was the ethic there was it you had to do that? And once I cracked onto that and I I got into that vibe of working hard, playing hard, and enjoying life, um, which I did, it, it was great. And I learned a lot from them. And um, you know, the that sort of, yeah, that, that mindset and also never, you know, sort of never giving up as well. They're, they're very tenacious people. So so that was really um part of my journey. When I was out in South Africa, I um I got into the fitness bug because i was i was a wimpy white pom. remember you know with a bit of a belly where i drank too much beer um i i hate to say this but at that time i did smoke cigarettes as well and um so all in all i was seeing all these super fit sort of tanned people around me and i thought you know i want some of that so i joined the gym and really got into it and from that point decided that i wanted to spend my life teaching fitness and um so that's what i did i went to the came back to the uk went to the central ymca in london did a load of courses there and started up as a freelance fitness instructor and which i loved and um, it, it suited me and i was always down in the gym and blah 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 but it began to dawn upon me as my 40s approached that maybe i wasn't going to be able to do this forever um, me personally i'm not saying everybody but for me personally So I started to cast my net around looking for something to do um, that wasn't quite strenuous on my body. And that would, I'd be honest with you, give me a good living as well, because that's how it started out. And fortunately, I found um, an advert for the McTimoney College of Chiropractic. And I met them and they said, yeah, you know, you seem like our kind of guy. You're not educated enough. You know, you've been a bit of an idiot at school, obviously. And so they said, go on a couple of courses, then contact us when you've done that. And if you've got the qualifications, we'll, we'll take you on. And they very kindly did. And so I did my four years at McTimony and um, really liked it, Loved the, still love the technique to this day. And um, it all, all was well, but me being me, I wanted to push the envelope a little bit. And so I managed to get on a course at the ACC in Bournemouth to learn the diversified manipulation tool set and um, that was great and you know it sort of opened up new horizons and um, you know chiropractic suddenly um, had a much broader reach with me and I was able to help more people and um, you know that that really I suppose those two events or those two time periods brought me to where I am now which um, is a qualified chiropractor I've been in practice now for 24 years and um, mentored a few people as well um i've got a new i've got a lovely young lady called stephanie who's also being mentored by me so she's going through the mctimony course and when she comes out we'll um, we'll really start to work on her so yeah life's, life's been pretty good pretty good indeed
0: when was the first time you actually saw chiropractic being used
1: so that's a, there's a story there in itself um many years ago um when i lived in the small village i lived in um had a doctor who was very alternative he was always out running when everyone else thought that was a bit nerdy and um, he liked sort of more natural treatments and he went on what i believe they called a syriacs course which was a form of physiotherapy driven manipulation and um i think he thought well paul's a fit healthy young chap i think i'll try out my manipulative skills on him And so that's what he did so he put a pill on my back and he crunched me this way and he gave me master cervicals and crunched me that way and i thought hey you know actually that felt quite good and um so that was my first ever introduction to it and then during the course of, of my time as a physical fitness instructor i um saw people get injured and they often spoke of going to see the chiropractor so I thought this this mystical guy the chiropractor he seems a lot of people seem to want to use his services and so that really was the two introductory components of it i suppose alan and um it uh it that's what what drove it was that first initial exposure to it and then hearing people that have used it and the miraculous results that it got and they got rid of their injuries and this is before, not, this is when i looked at chiropractic through the lens of injury reduction um obviously i see it differently now i see it um as as more of a background um health modulator as well i see i see it somewhat differently i don't see it just as the treatment of musculoskeletal injuries i, I see it as more than that uh, a lot more i suppose again go, using anecdotes i'll use an anecdote of my own um i was, quite keen on running at one point, even after I finished as a fitness instructor. I noticed my times were really dropping off a bit, and um, you know I was kind of feeling a bit achy and a bit out of sorts. And I saw a friend of mine who's a great chiropractor, um, uh, David Coltman, uh, over in the Isle of Wight. I think you know David, super guy. I do. And Yeah, he gave me a really good workout, and um, uh, I felt great, you know, a little bit bruised, actually, in a couple of places where he really sort of did a bit of soft tissue work as well. But I got home, and the next day i went for a run and over my five miler i think i knocked two minutes off which and, and, and there was no other explanation for it other than what he'd done because nothing else had changed um apart from had a, pre, a really tiring day the day before so technically i should have been a, a bit of a low ebb actually but his his work made all the difference so you so using that as an anecdote you know personal but you see it in other people and they say oh i can see more clearly um you know i, I seem to regulate in my digestive tract seems to regulate i sleep better um it all seems to be bring everything together full full circle and um yeah i think um i think that's why it's such a powerful tool in in today's somewhat sick society sadly
0: yeah i was i'd agree have you mm. ever heard of people getting pregnant as well it's a bit of a funny comedy side of sides of this isn't it so wow. you know had chiropractic been trying for years and then had some chiropractic work done and the next minute um the couple they've, they've got a baby on the way
1: i admit to no responsibility i'm sorry <laughs>
0: <laughs> i knew you to say that
1: <laughs> but one but thing i can true. tell you alan um over in Cern abbas there's a a, a, a hill Chalk carving called the Cern Giant. I've seen it. Yes. Well, he's got a rather large phallus, and apparently, if you go and sit on the tip of that, if you're a, a female and you're looking to get pregnant, it's 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 100 guaranteed. So, of course, daughter, of course, it is. Of course,
0: it is, and no one's going to photograph that, are they? These days, I believe that most of our ill health is coming through something that we can actually control ourselves, which is actually through food that we're buying the food that Definitely. we're eating where do you think that diet nutrition has gone wrong in, in recently and where do you think we need to go in the future if we're going to be giving people the right information
1: well there's a little laundry list of things really um, i think the introduction of seed oils has been horrible for our health and um, so the margarines um the man-made oils and uh, and the like rather than Fruit oils, which are which are pressed and natural, animal fats and you know, sort of tallow lard, all that kind of stuff. Things that you find naturally occurring in nature, um, which to my mind um, don't have the same inflammatory effect that the seed oils do. And cold. going on from that, of course.
0: Sorry, Paul. sorry to hear, but then talking about cold pressed oils.
1: Yeah, so um with with um, things um you know, like olive oil. Um, it, it's cold pressed, isn't it? It's um, it's it's basically the natural juice of the fruit. And um, with seed oils, they they are they have to go through many different processes. That's certainly my understanding. And you get a you get something that comes out that oxidizes very quickly, uh, is not particularly stable at high temperature. Lots of free radicals are produced when it's when it's cooked in, and so on and so forth. And you can only assume looking at the record of this stuff and how things have got worse with cardiovascular health that this is certainly a problem and further to that obviously there's an increased sugar consumption so we've we've developed a very sweet tooth as a society and carbohydrates obviously that that's the the sort of long chain long chains of sugar um again carbohydrates um, in in the forms of flowers you know, So that of all the farinaceous foods um, again, they seem to be giving us this um, readily r- available source of energy, but it, it's too abundant. And that's driving in the background inflammation and uh, pre-diabetes and eventually type two diabetes. So, you know, just putting those two things together, the seed oils and, um, you know, how rancid they, 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 they go and, and uh, you know, how bad they are to cook in move then coupling that with farinaceous foods and sugar and you've got a really toxic brew and that's before you even get into processed foods and e-numbers and all the other unnatural chemicals that um, seem to be occurring and cropping up in our convenient society and i think what it is is also people have lost the art of cooking as well um they're running two jobs or the husband and the wife are both cooking the kids need feeding so they'll naturally reach for the easy option and I, and I don't blame them and um, but ultimately I think we're we're starting our children off with that horrible situation of, of having underlying health problems because they're seeing children as young, as young as 12 now with with diabetes which is which is dreadful really because um, again they're, they're not getting the exercise perhaps they did in the past like you and I are out on the bikes blah 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 no computer games or certainly not many around and so i think it's a really toxic brew to be perfectly honest with the island i really do so paul just if you don't mind me asking the question about the differences between keto uh, carnivore diets what's the difference between those two as you see it well i suppose um, carnivore is an extension of keto um, in in the sense that um, with ketogenic diet you are allowed to have up to 20 grams of carbohydrate, and um, with a carnivore it's supposedly supposed to be zero carbohydrate so that's the main difference so it would mean that there are certain foods that you could eat within the keto, the, the sort of keto space that, that that wouldn't be tolerated on the carnivore diet if, if you're going to be really strict about these things I mean, I'll, I'll be honest with you i'm not inverted commas strict um i do fall off the wagon because my wife's an absolutely fantastic cook and that means that um you know when there's really nice food around or a family occasion I'm, I'm going to put everything aside and just say right for this day I, I will enjoy other types of food so what generally tends to happen is during the week i'm really quite strict and then come sort of the weekend or friday night so tonight for example a glass of red wine will come out great over the weekend there may be a few treats in there but come sunday evening we're, we're back we're we're back in the room. So, so that's, that's how it works for me. And I think that works for some people that way, unless they're really, really sick and they have to go really, really strict. And I think that those are the, the sort of um, uh, the major differences, and certainly how, how I would perceive things as being, they can be a bit more fluid, I suppose. And um, as I say, I think we mentioned in the past about fasting, which is something that is really dear to my heart because for two days a week, I'll do a 24 hour fast so um prior to going to my other clinic in glastonbury i will uh, eat my last meal at seven o'clock and then go all the way through till i get home seven or eight o'clock the next evening without eating i'll just i'll just be having water but i feel mentally at my sharpest when i've done that i feel incredibly sharp um i'm using um ketone bodies to power my body uh my, my energy and that for me is absolutely a huge part of my week now. So for two days, for, you know, for two days a week, the 24 hour fast is wonderful. And in, in during that time, we get, um, uh, you know, you get all your, uh, the body that goes into a cleanup mode. So it's, it's scavenging um, proteins that need breaking down and cells that need breaking down. And it's, um, you're getting um, BDNF, uh, brain derived neurotrophic factor to repair your brain. And um, you're using up your glycogen stores, and so on, and you're making yourself more insulin sensitive. I mean, it's just it's just a total win-win situation if you you know if if you really crave health, which um, yeah, which is something I, I think I, I probably do now. I crave health. I'm always looking for the for the latest hack, you know, to um, to improve health. Um, and I think as you get older, I think you start to do that more because you see people around you becoming sicker, and perhaps they're not really grasping the nettle they're not saying to themselves i need to change um so you use that really as as a kick up the ass to make sure that you do change in order that you can maintain your health maintain your lifestyle maintain your work and everything else i mean i've said to myself that i really want to work into my 70s and beyond if if i'm uh, able to do that so for me that's a super important thing so you know i'm staring 60 in the face now so i'd love to be able to go at least another 15 years working man that, that would be amazing
0: the crazy thing is paul is that in this country people have this conversation and what you've just said would be everyone would understand that oh, yeah that would be good that would be good in china it's bloody normal
1: yeah yeah yeah
0: Absolutely. you know this is they're working till that age in china and their 80s and they're babysitting and they're living they're not living in the cities hopefully they're living out in the in the in the villages and and they're just having to work because they can't there's no other way so i don't know whether it's a psyche shift we need in in this in this country or whether that we have poisoned ourselves and that we're not living we haven't got that same health as they have
1: in some of the other places well i i don't agree with retirement anyway i i think that what should be happening is we should be slowly stepping down as the years go by so you're able to um, uh, dedicate a bit more time to leisure and doing the the things outside of um chiropractic and and dietary um instruction to the windsurfing which i also love you know and um or going out for a long walk with my wife and the dog and all that kind of stuff Um, and as you as your children grow up i think you can do more of that but graduating uh, and tailing off your career, so maybe in your seventies and eighties, you you're still working, but maybe two to three days a week or whatever you feel you can. I think that's a, it's a it's a far more satisfying way to be spending your time because you're getting the best of both worlds. Then,
0: yeah, and it's heavy work being a chiropractor as well. It's it's, yeah. it's it's it isn't it's not light work, is it?
1: No.
0: So with, with yourself, Paul, do you mind me asking what days
1: you fast? What the, is it? That, which days of <coughs> the week you tend to do yeah. this? So that's the Tuesday and the Thursday. So those are the two days I go to Glastonbury, and because it is incredibly busy, people out there really take their chiropractic seriously in Glastonbury. Um, I don't get a chance to sit around and you know eat food, so I'd rather just you know have have my secretary bring me a, cup, a few cups of tea. Technically, there's some calories in that, but not much, and and just just blast through the day um see the people that i need to see and deliver the adjustments i need to uh, to deliver and everyone's happy and when i get home i'm super super hungry very insulin sensitive and um you know i i eat the food and it tastes fantastic as well because you it sharpens your your palate and everything and and that's how i roll really so so you're you're counting the fast the fast thing for
0: tuesday when you have your last meal on monday evening
1: yeah so yeah so monday evening seven o'clock boom that's it job done apart from water and then all the way through through the night nothing in the morning on to work come home late because it's it's an hour from me um class brief from here in dorchester and yeah that that's what works that's um as i say it's it's i've been doing it now for about three three maybe four years now and um it, it's just been amazing because obviously um you just you're burning calories at the same time and um you're you're starting to learn to become more of a fat burner rather than a you know a glycogen burner and 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 again that's that's something that i think we need to be able to have is this um metabolic flexibility so we can switch between different food sources even if you're not do if especially if you're not doing carnivore you or, or keto you need to have that metabolic flexibility i think how does it work then paul
0: with with um say you know I've got um I've got some friends and they are struggling to lose weight. In fact, every year they seem to be putting on a few more pounds year on year on. yeah uh, they're eating things like um you know, it's Friday nights fish and chips. not that there's anything wrong with fish and chips but Friday night fish and chips. <laughs> um, along the lines they Saturday, they have some friends around it's like oh, let, I don't want to cook let's let's order a domino's you know, yes. what's actually happening in their stomach? What's happening to their system? Mm. We're taking those two types of food. You know, uh, chips cooked in, in fat, uh, fish with, with batter, with with the, with the the oil they're using, yeah. and uh, and then followed up by with, with all the carbohydrates, yeah. with yeah. A, a big pizza party on the Saturday night, the, the day after. You know, is is it these types of things that are causing the problems? And if it is, what what's happening
1: with the bodies? So it's death by a thousand cuts, really, isn't it? um i think yes there is um i think it's a book I, I might be wrong maybe you can correct me but it's called the long silent scream of the liver and it it describes over decades that the liver's saying look excuse me i'm having a really hard time detoxifying all this crap that you're eating and you know all the all the alcohol that you're drinking if you, you know, if you're drinking a lot and then eventually it goes bang i've had enough and you know you're into non-alcoholic fatty liver disease um, or worse and so I think when people are doing the I, th- I think the occasional treat is okay as I said I'm not you know I'm, I'm no Puritan myself Um, but I think what we have to get our heads around is that if we are good for most of the time we can allow ourselves a little bit of latitude um, especially if you're not metabolically sick as I was and um, you know I think that's that's the way we have to look at it is is just um trying to remove the so-called bad stuff and put in the good stuff so when you do have the, the occasional you go off the rails it's not a complete train wreck because you're not adding to that toxic tally that's going on um you know you're not getting these age-glycated end products uh, you know um yeah the glycation going on in all the tissues of your body you know giving you that stiffness so when you get out of bed in the morning you're no longer feeling like an ironing board you know because you're not eating all the sugar sugar it has this really detrimental effect on the all the connective tissue As, as the fascial planes move over each other they should be nice and smooth and springy but when you eat loads of sugar it denatures them horribly and um you know so people complain of mental fog headaches stiffness um And yeah, probably things, even things like low libido and things like that, just simply because they're just so energy deprived, because they're trying to utilise glycogen, and they're they're not utilising the fat at all, but they become insulin insensitive. So you get this horrible loop: more insulin, um, you know, more more glycogen. Neither of them, um the, the glycogen certainly not making its way into the cells to power them up. So you've got to go into um, a different way of eating and re- relearning your whole metabolic structure, you know, and the way you power yourself, and that's where keto and and uh, certainly carnivore and all those other things come in.
0: Yeah, it's it's very very interesting, and I, I, I still haven't done enough anything like enough reading with the differences of diets and how it can change um, the appalling factor of putting on weight, you know, poundage year after year after year. And with my clients, and and I know that most chiropractors do, and I'm I'm sure you do as well, Paul, when they come for their consultation, one of the first things we do is put them on the scales, and they're always shocked. They don't want to go on the scales, the women especially, some of the men, and they're all surprised by the weights that they they are since the last time they weighed themselves. And I'm thinking, if they do that year on year, then that's the reason why we start getting into this horrible situation of diabetes type two or post-diabetes. And, uh, and, and worse. And of course, we know, we know ourselves that diabetes are, uh, will eventually turn into lots of other horrible di- diseases.
1: Yeah, oh, absolutely. But um, one of the things I would say to you, Alan, is that um, I use Burra scales, which are, um, they're a form of um, bioimpedance scales. And what they do is they, um, using very complex algorithms, they they will give you a fairly accurate because they're, they're sort of, I suppose, home scales plus, Accurate assessment of what your protein content is, your water content, your fat content, i.e., you know, you know, what percentage of you is body fat. But very importantly, what what's going on in the inside, and this is the point I actually wanted to make a minute ago and forgot to actually, is about internal fat storage. So what we call central adiposity, because that's the one that is really key to it. I mean, you can have a twenty-five stone sumo wrestler who, in in all honesty he could actually be metabolically healthy even though you know he's got rolls of fat limb and yet you could have a really skinny guy what you call a, um, I I guess you call it fat boy slim is is the interpretation yeah. I use um and they've got stacks of central adiposity because um the um the like uh, something called lipodystrophy means that they're they're fat stores are distributed in different ways so not necessarily on the outside but more on the inside and that's the real killer because you can't see them coming those people they really are um, you know the train wreck ready to happen so but nevertheless you you still dial it back to what is it that they're eating that has allowed those fat stores to accumulate regardless of what portion of the body they're actually in so uh, but yes you're right you know the pound the pound on pound you know yearly increase is, is a pretty good sign that there's something going wrong because as in, in my opinion this is just my opinion as time goes by as soon as you hit your 40s metabolically you start to slow down a bit and the utilization of all this food coming in just it just doesn't happen so we need to we need to change basically what's
0: what's your opinion of um what, what do you know what have you learned about diabetes and about how it can uh, roll on to some of the other diseases do you think diabetes and the way we eat is affecting uh, uh, certainly the western world's health
1: well um i think again um we can look at somewhere like the united states and to and we're not far behind and the, i think the statistic is that only 8 12 uh, of the population are metabolically healthy.
0: Wow. Yeah. I mean, that's just that isn't even the 80-20 rule, is it?
1: No, you can't if put it, the
0: rule. That's just horrible.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's it, it's it's really shocking, it's depressing. And um, you know, it, it's when you when you look at that kind of statistic, you, you you have to say to yourself, something is going wrong. And the idea of uh, that uh, of the the idea of the um uh, the heart lipid hypothesis the Ansel keys thing um that we should all be eating grains and you know all these high you know high calorie fr- um that sort of you know fructose and um uh, corn syrup and all these all these things should be in our diet is for the birds because you know just looking at that one statistic tells us that there's something very seriously going wrong here and that something has to be done to change it. Um, you know 88 percent is an, is an enormous amount of potential illness because of course you're looking at diabetic retinopathy you're looking at um, you know uh, diabetic foot um, you're lo- you're looking at um, coronary artery disease which which is another you know is an extension of um, diabetes for sure uh, you know heart disease and you know diabetes go, go together like mom and apple pie there's no question about it so um you know obviously as i say there are there are different levels of sensitivity to this and some people um will be a bit more able to uh, to tolerate a certain more amount of more carbohydrates than others but you have to find your own personal threshold and i think that that point comes when you you your weight is stable you're not putting it on and you're not losing it necessarily and you've got a good um, uh you know, a lean mass, t- a lean, uh, mass t- of tissue versus obviously your adipose tissue you know when, when the ratio is good and you're running it about sort of for men say about 12 to 15 percent body fat you know you're you're in you're in the sweet spot then aren't you
0: yeah what's your thoughts on um as far as diet goes take including the problems of um diabetes type type 2 and then moving into worse and then also do you believe that when people start getting into those type of uh, metab meta, metabolic problems that next will can come what do you think there's a connection there have you read connections with um ms with parkinsons
1: with dementia oh yeah um again you know um there's there is a lot of research being done now about the gut microbiome and the way in which um if you're feeding these pathogens let's say you're um your your intestinal tract you're starting to get migration of commensals and pathogens coming up from the ileocecal valve or pass the ileocecal valve into the small intestine and you're starting to have this really toxic brew of things going on in, in, in SIBO small intestinal bacterial overgrowth if that is happening and that is then starting to affect the tissues around it starting to affect the immune system starting to affect the vagus nerve these things are tracking up into the central nervous system and it has been hypothesized that parkinson's could be a direct result of this Um, these um, uh, pathogens tracking up through that nerve and also by simply the the amount of lipopolysaccharide poisoning um, your small intestine and causing the leaky gut along with other other nutrients like um, well anti-nutrients really uh, such as gluten and causing the autoimmunity that um, you know seems to be driving so much of the ill health that we we're, we're looking at in the Western world. It, it, it's a really big deal, and it's very complicated. I'm just, mind? That's just scratching the surface. Do you mind, Paul? In because um, there will be
0: some people that aren't watching this that might not be uh, chiropractors or, or, or GPs, or whatever. In layman's terms, we're talking about food products going through the stomach um, and through the stomach uh, layer. Going out, yeah. out into, into the rest of the body, you're talking also about food going through the intestinal tract and breaking through the barriers. There is that right?
1: Yeah. So um, you've got these things called tight junctions uh, in the intestinal tract, and um, it's it's deemed that uh, things like gluten um, seem to have a very pernicious effect uh, on on the on the lumen of the small intestine, and you get fenestrations, uh, sometimes known as leaky gut, which allows. Um parasites, um, uh, lipopolysaccharide, dead bacteria, all these things to start to leach in. And after a while, bearing in mind that um, over 80% of your immune system resides within the uh the, the well on the outside of the intestinal tract, it's very clear that it's going to get stimulated at some point and it's going to start to then mount an immune reaction to what is actually happening. So you, you know, it's autoimmune because then it, it starts to kick off problems all over the body so you might see subtle signs signs like things like vitiligo which which you see is seems really bottom of the tree in in terms you know of autoimmunity but it is a sign that there is something going on in the background or you might start to get um you know sort of itchy palms or itchy skin or rashes um any of these things are sort of like the subtle signs that something is bigger is bubbling away underneath the surface and you know given I would say 70 percent of all the modern ailments that we see are now derived from inflammation and certainly I would say that that portal is the gut because that's where we're really exposed to to most of our pathogens we've got to clean up our act um, you know as a as a species and and start to live a more natural um, lifestyle with regard to food and you know and and also to make it very unique and individual to each and every one of us that that's what i would say but um you know uh, that's they you know not everyone may believe that but it's, it's certainly where i am with this well there's so many
0: different um ideas around by very by many many smart people at the moment and it's i think that there's the the truth in it all is that that everyone has got there's some truth in what they're thinking there's some truth in the theory isn't it with, with we would speak about um leaky gut etc uh products that shouldn't be there moving into the into the into other parts of the body and causing problems on a, a very basic sure. level talking about sugar and how sugar and um certain carbohydrates can can damage other parts of our body uh, what do you know about how they can damage
1: certain parts of our brain so oh, sugar- yes. yeah absolutely so um, the term type three diabetes is now being bandied around because um, what it seems to happen if you've got uh, too much sugar floating around in your bloodstream, um, that can waltz straight over your blood-brain barrier, no questions asked. Whereas the insulin doesn't. So what happens is, is you, you start to get too much, um, you know, glucose in the central nervous system and it becomes overwhelmed it's swimming in a sea of energy and like any other tissue that's metabolically active i mean the brain is very met- metabolically active what three percent of the body's weight and 25 percent of the body's uh, energy um, uptake um so but it can also undergo diabetic change in the sense that it can't use the sugar you know the insulin simply is not available to deal with that amount of sugar and the brain then is starving in a sea of potential energy and that's known as type three diabetes. And it, it does seem to be a thing. And also it causes neuroinflammation and um, which of, obviously in itself leads to poor mental health. And, you know, there's just so many things I mean, it just goes on and on and on. And, you know, the wheels within wheels and all the cogs just all in, intermission. They keep churning away, but um, sometimes with very deleterious effects, I might say.
0: I, you know, I, I mean, <laughs> There's so many questions I've got, and there's so much that we could talk about. But I think that we've probably covered a good starting point today. And I really hope that we can ask you to come back again for another another one of these podcasts where we can talk about that you've just got such a vast knowledge when it comes down to general health and dietary health as well. So I'd hope that you'd come back. But It's been brilliant having you on. I want to thank you so much for coming on and helping me with this podcast today, Paul. In fact, I'd like to follow on with another one. Perhaps um, we could start talking about that now because I, there's so many more questions I've got, and there's not enough time.
1: Yeah, listen, there's never enough time when you get onto a subject as vast as this. So just even if it, if if there's just even a few ideas to get people started, uh, maybe thinking about their own health, maybe reaching out to a functional medicine doctor or a chiropractor with functional medicine skills. Um, You know just starting to make a few changes you know just to to finish this conversation what i would say to people is just start to take you know if you're starting to feel sluggish if you're putting on weight if you're hitting your 40s um if you just start to maybe dial back on the carbohydrates you know just a little bit maybe take out the bread with the gluten just to see if that's affecting you just start to dial it back and see how you feel um you don't have to go the whole hog but just start to make a few changes you know maybe get out do you know your 24 30 40 minute walk every other day all those things and, and just that will be a great great start you know so if, if if it just encourages people just to even do that then this whole conversation is well it's always worthwhile with you Alan anyway but you know what I mean it, it will add something to someone's life that may, may add potentially many good years to their life so that that's really what we're about isn't it it's chiropractors Without without a doubt.
0: So my suggestion is that the next one that we would we would do would be on um, wheat, wheat, yeah. sugar and salt, um, I think. Would and be saunas. It. And saunas. Oh, yes, of course. Yeah, of course, the saunas, which is something that you're very, very big into uh, raising yeah. the temperature of the body as well. Um, and we might as well talk about ice baths as, as well. I could add, I, I add to that. So, yeah, th- that would be great. <laughs> I want to wish everyone a Merry Christmas. Um, if you've really enjoyed this podcast today, um, then please uh, share it with other people. And if you don't mind, like and subscribe. That would be awesome. Thanks very much for listening to uh, the 10th of the uh, the podcast on being human. Thank you. Bye, Alan.
1: Take care. Thank you, God.